Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. We are going to teach this evening on an uncommon gift that I... Have you ever gotten a gift and you didn't like it? Well... I have received this gift for the past couple of weeks, and I want to share it with you because you've probably received this gift too. And so we're teaching on a theme of uncommon gifts, and the the scripture reference that I would like to use is the book of Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, which is one of my all-time favorite scriptures in the Bible. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. Now, if I receive this gift, maybe you did too. Say, preacher, what gift are you talking about? I would like to teach for a few minutes uh, on the gift of adversity. The gift of adversity. Could you say that in the past few weeks, Sister Bigelow? Now, if I got graded on the gift of adversity, if it was a test... We'll say that I may have passed in public school, maybe, (laughs) maybe, because they pass everybody, like in a low, so it hasn't been an interesting, it has been an interesting time, so we want to share it with you, because I know that perhaps this scripture, it might not lend itself to this, this, uh, this Bible study, but I believe it really does, because the Bible says, and we know that all things work together for good. The Bible does not say that everything that happens to a Christian is good. And I would say nay, nay, because a lot of things that happen to Christians, you serve God for a little while, and they're not fun. But say, well, preacher, what what is the promise that we can hold on to? It's a gift, because all of these things work together somehow, right? Have you ever made lemonade? Well, you need water, you need sugar, you need lemons. And if you don't, you don't eat them by themselves, right? You don't just stick a lemon in your mouth, put sugar in there, and then chase it with some water. But a lemon by itself is awful just to enjoy. Well, actually, when it's hot, it's nice, right? But sucking lemons is not uh, a choice of most people, but they work together for good. If you put the lemons and the water and the plenty of sugar and some ice in there, and it's a blessing. If you suck a tea bag, it's probably not great. But if you make it some sweet tea with some water and some sugar, a lot of ice, it tastes great, right? Because it works together, together. In these times of economic adversity, Taco Bell is providing more value than ever. Did you know that? Where else can you get gas for $1.69? Anyways. A parable is told of a farmer who owned an old mule. So this old mule fell into the well, right? And it's an old farmer. It's an old mule. So you know what the farmer, the farmer hears the mule braying, which is crying out for help. It's whatever they do when they fall into a well, right? So after thinking and looking at the situation, the farmer, he sympathized with the mule. It was a faithful mule. It had served him well. But he was an old farmer. Neither the mule nor the well were really worth saving. So he's like, he gets on his cell phone. He calls all his friends. And he said, "Um, 
Why don't you guys come to my place? Everybody bring a pile of dirt. And what we're just going to do is bury this old mule. He's already in the well. I just need some help, right? What an evil old farmer, right? These things happen on farms, okay? Just, just hold your fire. So the dirt starts hitting the old mule, and initially the old mule was hysterical. But as the farmer and his neighbors started shoveling dirt into the well on top of the mule, the mule had a thought. It suddenly dawned on him that every time a shovel load of dirt hit him on the back, he could shake it off and then step on it. And this he did as the dirt kept hitting him. He would just shake it off and then step on it. And every time he shook off the dirt and stepped on it, he went up just a little bit. Did I get him? Oh, I got him. Probably still all over my face too. Shake it off, right? So he shook it off and he stood up. And he repeatedly did that over and over and over again. Shake off, step up. Shake off, step up. It was not long before the old mule, battered, dirty, and exhausted, just stepped out of the well and walked off back into the field to eat some much-deserved you know, grass, right? What seemed like it would bury him actually blessed him because of the manner in which he handled his adversity. Now I shared that because adversity, believe it or not, say preacher, I don't think it's a gift. Well, I really believe it is. And as much as I have been trying to send mine back for the past couple of weeks, right, Sister Vigolo? Return to sender. Now, look, sometimes you have one thing. Sometimes it's a week. Sometimes it's like, okay, God, is there a time limit on this test? You ever go to school and there's like 45 minutes and the test is over, right? But what about when the test like seems like it goes into the next day and you're like, still, God, another one? And then when it happens, you just kind of shrug your shoulders like, I've been waiting for that to happen, right? (laughs) And I, I share this now. It hasn't been all roses, but uh, what I want to share first is all things work together for good, okay? But there is a presence of adversity. Let's acknowledge that. It's part of life, isn't it? We're all going to face adversity in life. There are going to be things that happen to you. And uh, one thing that I, I remember telling Sister Bigelow, treat everyone you meet as if they're going through a crisis. Because guess what, they are. And they might be driving a nice car, they might, be, they might look like they're from Instagram or Pinterest, all buff, or the lady might be all whatever the lady's version of buff is, but believe it or not, everybody you meet is facing adversity. Adversity exists. It is here. It is alive and well, okay? Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. Why why in Jesus can we have peace? In the world ye shall have, he doesn't say adversity, you know what he says? Tribulation. You're going to face some things in in this world. And then he says, but be of good cheer. 
I have overcome the world. You know that we have to realize there's a presence of adversity and sometimes it can be, the presence of adversity can, can show out in different ways. Maybe it's something that goes wrong financially. Maybe that's something that goes wrong emotionally. Maybe relationally. Maybe you get criticized. Don't we all love criticism? You know, it's constructive criticism when you give it and the other person doesn't receive it, right? But when you're receiving it, it doesn't feel constructive, right? That was just mean. I can't believe they said that. The Bible says in the day of prosperity, be joyful. In the day of adversity, hmm, consider. I remember this guy that came to church and um, he would go, amen, amen. I mean, he would get in, right? And then I said something. I don't know what I said, but it was something that caused some adversity. I don't know what. And he didn't say amen. He went, remember Sister Bigelow? He went, hmm. It was one of those things. Wasn't there some like hip hop song things that make you go, hmm. Well, you know, that's what the Bible said. In the day of adversity, hmm. But you know, really that's not a bad thing. At a church conference we just went to, I don't know which preacher preached it. Perhaps it was even Reverend Teeman. Maybe someone could correct me on that. But he said, if you get criticized for something, find a kernel of truth in the criticism. Was it Reverend Devonshire? Reverend Devonshire. So I might not be giving credit. It wasn't me that thought it up. But have you ever been criticized and you want to wholesale take that criticism and throw it in the trash with the Taco Bell gas that you got, right? Well, maybe that's not what we ought to do. Maybe when we get criticized, instead of saying that doesn't apply to me, wait a second. Maybe there was something that I can take. Now, it may have been 98% wrong against you, but some of it, can we use it to be a blessing to ourselves? Say, you know what? But what they shared, I could take that and I could use it for my betterment. I could use it to bless me. And I know because when my wife and I uh, get in a, a intense fellowship, he has an argument, right? So when we have a disagreement, she's 100% wrong, I'm 100% right, okay? She's 0% right, I'm 100% right, okay? Until. Until. <laughs> hmm. You begin to consider. Now, if you have the Holy Ghost in your life, if you have God working in your life and you're honest with yourself, okay, hmm, the numbers begin to juggle, right? Like a blood pressure goes up and down. It's like, hmm, 90% for me, 10% for her. Hmm, 80% for me, 20%. And sometimes it just shifts. It's like God takes the name and he crosses out my name with the 100% right and puts her name there and put my name on the zero. You know, some things, no one's ever experienced that before. That's because I consider it after I've already spoken harsh words, right? I've considered it going, hmm, maybe there's something I could learn from this. Some things I've learned, some things I haven't learned. But you know, sometimes when you face some things, I remember years ago I was at work and, uh, you know, men love to get chewed out by, by ladies. They love it, okay, who are above them in the workplace. And I'm being very, very facetious here. So 
this one lady at work, uh, she just read me kind of the riot act on something. And I was looking at her going, 0% right, 100%, 0% right for her, 100% right for me. But I said a few things, try to be diplomatic because I'm an employee and she's the boss, right? And then what'd you do? I left. I went out, I grabbed a company vehicle, a rake. What'd you do? Threw it through the window. No, I didn't. I went and I began to rake leaves. What were you doing? Lowering my blood pressure. Because you see, sometimes in adversity, when you just get out of that argument, you need to really say, wait a second, which is the next thing. We need to practice adversity. Say that we know it's going to be there, but when it hits us, what do we do? Do we redirect all that energy right back at the person? I could have gotten myself fired that day, right? And I would have been right at home on unemployment. Like, ha ha, I'm right. Where are you? In my underwear, uh, sitting on my phone watching, you know, YouTube. Right, right. Be right at home, right? Where's your family? They're gone, but I'm right. They're all at Taco Bell getting gas, right? And I'm just here at home because... If you don't get that, I'm so sorry. I said three times I put that out there. Fourth grade humor, I'm stuck right there. But when we, when we gain adversity in our life, what we really need to do, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if, 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 if we faint not. So my, my advice, my teaching for adversity is to lean in. To the adversity? No, not necessarily to the adversity. In times of adversity, lean into God. Be not weary in well-doing. Serve God in times of adversity. There's a, 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 a gentleman named Tim Tebow. And so he was listening to where he would, uh, he would have a setback in his life. And he said in a time of a setback, he, would, he, he found a buddy of his. And he'd call his buddy and they would go serve. They would go serve God to get their mind off the setback. They would go be a blessing to someone. He didn't, he didn't specify, but it's really what I'm teaching here is to lean in. When you, get, when you get an adversity, when you feel like it's a setback, when you feel something is falling apart, lean into God. And then the very next verse of Scripture, it says, As we have therefore opportunity, this is Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10. As we, there, as we have opportunity, therefore, excuse me, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. Let's serve somebody. Especially unto them who are of the household of faith. You see how we handle adversity is our choice. Adversity is here. You're going to get some, right? Sometimes you might get a, a day of adversity. Sometimes it might be adversity week. And with me, it seems like it's adversity month. Maybe you've had an adversity year. I mean, I don't know. I, sometimes I'm like, God, okay, so it's a joke. I mean, you're looking for like candid camera, right? It's like one thing after another thing after another thing. Like, I mean, like, my wife is, she knows, it's like, come on. I mean, like, another thing happens, and it's not just one side. It's like all sides. And it's like, really? But First Peter, he, he issues us some, uh, Peter does in First Peter chapter 4 and verse 12. No, notice this. Beloved, 
Christians, brothers, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. What? As though some strange thing happened unto you. You know, you get saved. You think, well, man, they're going to love me at work. And they begin to criticize you at work. It's like, what? They were happy when I was, uh, and they're inviting me to the bar. But now when I'm inviting them to church, all of a sudden we're enemies. All of a sudden they're criticizing. No one ever criticized me. I mean, you know, it's amazing. Uh, you know, it's amazing when you begin to go to church, the people that were like, quote unquote, Christians, all of a sudden they're against you because you're a fanatic, right? A fanatic is just someone who loves God more than you do. Okay. That's what a fanatic is. Okay. But Peter said, but rejoice. First Peter chapter four and verse 13, lean into God. Jesus said, be of good cheer. Why? I've overcome the world. Inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, you identify with God, right? That when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. You know, Christians are different. And in this world, there's a spiritual side, right? Man's made up of body, soul, and spirit. There's going to be a spiritual resistance to your life as a Christian, and we also have a gentleman named the devil. The Bible says, well, an adversary brings adversity, right? First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, sometimes it isn't God, it's the devil. As a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Remember that there's other people that have it too. The presence of adversity, the practice of adversity. Well, how do we practice it? But the God of all grace, verse 10, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. The Bible says famously in Romans chapter 5, and not only so, verse 3, but we glory in what? Adversity. The Bible says tribulations. Have you ever gloried in adversity? You know, there's a real power to that. And I haven't said I've always practiced this, right? You know, you can teach something. It's easy to teach something. It's hard to practice it, right? Right, Sister Bigelow? Yeah. Anyone can say, love your wife, everybody. <laughs> Even behind the pulpit. Easy. Try to do it when you walk out the door. Practice, right? It's not practice makes perfect. It's perfect practice makes perfect, right? You got to practice right. You don't, you know, so anyway. Uh, but if, if you glory in tribulations, you see the devil's not omniscient, which means he doesn't know everything. It's, he's, a, he's a fallen angel. He's a created being. He can only be at one place at one time. He can't be everywhere. Preacher, the devil's been fighting me all day. I know, I've probably said that too, okay? Biblically, that's probably not correct because if the devil's fighting you, I don't think I'm that spiritual. I mean, <laughs> I'd probably point some people that he might be fighting, but it's probably one of Gru's minions or the devil's minions, right? He has these little fallen angels. Uh, was, it, was it a third of the angels were taken by that dragon's tail and cast down? They rebelled against God and they do his bidding. Okay, but so it's probably some evil spirit doing the devil's work. He's organized. Okay, but uh, if you rejoice 
in an adversity and the devil's causing that adversity, he might get confused and leave you alone knowing that it's not working. Because he doesn't know what you're thinking. Uh, my wife knows that I'm thinking something. You know, she looks at me and she goes, what are you thinking about? You know, because my head's down. She can see the little hourglass spinning. <laughs> but the devil, he can look at you. But if you're like, you know, you get a flat tide. Like, hey, praise God. I was, there was this one brother and Brother Piquel in, uh, in Bible school. Do you remember Piquel? And, and we were talking about him at, at conference. And it's almost, the, the brother I was talking to knew him really well. And he said it was almost as if he knew something bad was going to happen to him. <laughs> but he had such a good attitude. And when that thing happened to him, I remember we were driving in his car and he got a flat. Like on the way to something, either soul winning or church. And I remember he jumped out like on the freeway entrance. And all I could do is watch. I was really in shock, right? I had PTSD to this day about this. He got out, grabbed the, the tire iron, and, and kicked the, 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 the nuts loose on the tire, changed the tire. I don't even know if I did anything. I think I just watched. <laughs> like a, he was a NASCAR pit crew all by himself. And I was like, and then we're back in the car driving. No complaining. Just like just another, another day serving God. And I was like, that still impresses me. Because brethren, it's easy to talk about, but it's, man, it's hard to live that way. But he practiced that. And I saw it. And he, was, he was quite a good testimony we stayed in the same dorm as well in Bible school. So I got to see it. He lived that way. And the brother said it was almost as if he knew something bad was going to happen. I don't know. But he sure acted. He, we, we, he bought a new car, right? So what were you doing to get a new car? And I was in the car with him there too. He got pulled over. And I don't think he got mercy, okay? But I don't remember him. He was just kind of like, well, praise God, praise God. And I was like, wow, look at this guy. He's practicing adversity, right? I don't know if you ever felt that, but I've, uh, God knows, I've gotten, gotten my share of blessings there too, I suppose. But we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation, it's got to work, right? So when God does something in our life, it's going to work patience out. And patience, experience. Oh, God brought me through it before. He can bring it through me again. And experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. You know, when everything that our, happens in our life, adversity, brethren, it's going to come. It's almost comical, all the stuff that's going on in my life right now. It's just like, I mean, thank God we're not in the hospital or anything. Um... My daughter got sick the other night. I was like, oh, praise God. We were talking to my mom. I said, we got to wash like all our laundry. No, you mean laundry? No, 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 no. All our laundry. <laughs> it's like, I'm just, I mean, this wasn't all our laundry. All the bedding and all the other things because it was it, so. And it, we, we were doing laundry at midnight. And, you know, it's like, wow, praise God, right? So, but it's just, that was just one thing, right? But, but God knows. And then we took her to school. She came home from school because she wasn't feeling well. She's already been out of school almost two weeks. And all these things are just all added together, right? But you have a choice when you face adversity, right? And this is the practice. I'm going to go to the last thing. Brethren, uh, Viktor Frankl said this. He said, man can be taken away from everything except one. The last of human liberties, the choice of the personal attitude he must adopt towards his destiny in order to develop his own path. 
And basically what Viktor Frankl was saying, he was in a concentration camp in World War II. He said when, basically, when things happen to you, you can get better or bitter. I mean, it's our choice. I mean, we can get mad at God, we can get mad at people, or we can say, hmm, God's doing something in my life. God's going to work this together for my good. And it's an act of faith to do it, to be sure. It's an act of faith because, God, I don't see anything good. I see zero good in this. You know, and some of the things by themselves, they are zero good. I'm not saying that bad things are good, but I'm saying that God can work the bad things together and bring a net profit out of that bad thing. It's a guarantee because the Bible makes a declaration. When he says all things work together for good, that means everything in the universe. Even all, all the stars, you know, I'm not into astrology, but if it was possible, the things of the universe are going to, all things, that's everything that God has made is going to work together, conspire to do good to his people. That is the truth of God's word. We can get better or bitter. So the practice is to adjust our attitude and win that battle. You know, sometimes God is doing a pressure test. Have you ever done that where they, um, they do that heart test and they get your, um, they get you, you put your, uh, your, uh, Heart rate up, uh, stress test, that's what they call it, right? And they get you to move, and then they, they check your vitals when you're moving, when, you're, when you're, uh, uh, your heart rate's up and where you're stressed. You know, God does that spiritually. He does a stress test. Did I, I don't know if I passed one of them. I mean, it's like my wife's like, ah, I don't know. Oh, that I passed one. Okay, <laughs> one out of like 30. I mean, I don't know, really, literally, it's been a lot, right? It's, God knows, right? So I say, preacher, why are you teaching this? Because there's no other pastors. I'm the pastors. <laughs> so God, got to teach it. It's like, I'm just going to stay at home. Like this, this, uh, this guy, his mom comes to the door, said, hey, son, get up. It's, it's time to go to church. And he said, no, I don't, I don't want to go, mom. He said, son, it's time to go to church. You got to go. No, because nobody likes me there and nobody listens to me. And the mom comes back and like, son, you got to go to church. You're the pastor. <laughs> but there's a profit of adversity. There is a profit of adversity. Just as much as there's a presence, just as much as we can have to change our attitude. And brethren, you can do this. You can do this. And if I can share, just be open that I haven't gotten 100%. I'm more like 3% on the test, okay? <laughs> we did get Taco Bell, right? So, but the profit of adversity. <laughs> My daughter's burrito is still in there. She got sick that night. So I don't know. Anyone wants a two-day-old burrito? It's still in the fridge, right? Mine was good. So the prophet of adversity. So I, God laid this on my heart about a man named Nebuchadnezzar. He built like this 10-story <coughs> idol. It was like a 10-story building in a plain in, in modern-day Iraq. It's in the plain of Shur in, in ancient Babylon, modern-day Iraq. And he invited everybody. They were voluntold, which means you get here. But just come. You know, it's like RSVP. If you don't come, you're dead. Okay, so everybody came. And he played a bunch of music. And he said, here's some instruction. I'm dedicating this idol. It's a dedication. Everybody worship the idol. And this is found in the book of Daniel, chapter 3. Everybody worship the idol. And if you don't worship the idol, just saying, we're going to throw you to a fiery death in that same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. 
And I wonder if they pointed out and put some spotlights on it. Like, and here it is. And it's like you see the smoke coming out of it. So there were three slaves, if you please. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Those were their slave names. But you know what? I'm thankful they had a good mom. Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael that named them godly names that meant something. So these people knew who they were when the adversity came. And they made a decision. Hey, we're not going to bow. So they were seen not bowing. Everyone else is bowing. And uh, the Karens, the Chaldeans, which are also known as Karens, right? They went and told. You ever a Karen? I mean... God bless people who are legitimately named Karen, right? But these Karens went over and said, King, how did they know that these Jews weren't bowing unless they weren't bowing either? A bunch of hypocrites. But these Karens went over and ratted them out. And um, so he brings them over and says, hey, one more chance. The devil will always give you another chance to fail the test, okay? Well, I'll give you another chance to bow. And they said, you know, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Well, they were bound in there, and they were bound, in, uh, bound up in uh, restraints and just cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. It was so hot that the most mighty men that threw him in there were consumed. So already God's doing something. He consumed SEAL Team 6, right? His most mighty men were consumed while uh, throwing these men in there. They fell down in there bound in the midst of this fiery furnace. Well, then the king, he looks down in there and it says, how many did we put in there? Three, right? He said, right. He said, I see four. He said he counted, he looked at four, he wasn't, a, he wasn't a, a, a beginning, what, framer, he had all his fingers, right? Four, at least, four. And it said the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. So we start to see the prophet, where they stood up, were they bound? No, they were walking. So the restraints had already been burned off. You know, sometimes adversity will take a restraint off our life. It'll take a hang-up mentally, a domino will fall, and God will begin to get us walk free of something that has hampered us in life. So they bring them back out and it says their bonds were burned up because they didn't have their bonds on anymore. It says not an hair was singed. Not even they smelled their clothes. You ever smelled when someone ate fried chicken because they come in? Remember when they came into Bible school class? You're like, brother, you have fried chicken, right? How do you know? It's in your suit, man. All that fried smell, right? Well, they didn't smell like fire. You're around a campfire and that fire gets into your clothes or someone's at a some old musty bar and that smoke. But the smell of fire wasn't on their clothes. They still had their cologne smell or whatever. Nebuchadnezzar saw, and I wrote this. I said, watch people, watch God bless you. You know that through this all and all of the adversity, people are going to watch God bless your life. Through it all, if we can just stick with Jesus Christ. And then... Uh, Nebuchadnezzar basically spoke some good words and at the last verse of the scripture the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. The end of the adversity was what? It was a gift. What? After all that I mean the same day 
they got actually promoted by the one that wanted to kill them. Who can do that but God? But you see, there is a gift of adversity. All things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Now, I might not have passed every test, and I know that God works this way, okay? Pass, fail. He doesn't promote you to the next grade. You get to go through it again. You know, uh, like Jeff Foxworthy, you might be a redneck if you walk your son to the fifth grade because you're both in the same class, right? But if we're going we're gonna to pass something for God, we've got to pass the test. And you know what? Maybe say, God, well, I'm going to go through it tomorrow, but I'm going to pass it. I'm going to realize the adversity is there. I'm going to lean into God. I'm going to lean into worship. I'm going to lean into praise. I'm going to lean into your joy and your peace. And I'm going to get the profit out of this. And maybe you don't know, but maybe it's a lesson that you really learn that you'll never forget. And maybe there's a blessing that someone you think is an enemy, God can turn him into the one that promotes you. But they want to kill me. Nebuchadnezzar wanted to kill them. He ended up promoting them and making him part of his team. You know, God can do amazing things. I'll leave you with this. Uh, Years ago, uh, Pastor Davis, he was sharing about, I guess he was a little critical. If I have this story right, if there was a more worldly preacher, he didn't, you know, wasn't as conservative in different things. This is years ago, probably in the 50s. But I believe that God used that, that preacher that was more worldly, you know, not as strict on the gospel, different, to get Pastor Davis a car. And it changed Pastor Davis's attitude. You don't know who God's going to use to be a blessing to you. And you just never know where the source is. I'm just saying you don't know where the source of your blessing. And it can come from an unlikely place. But let's just focus on God. Let's lean into God. And let God bring the profit from wherever God wants to bring it. Because God desires us to win. And that's what God is all about, to win. He gives us the victory. Amen. That's winning. Amen. God bless you is our prayer. Uh, Spencer, would you dismiss us? Hey, we'll see you Thursday. God bless you. Dear Lord, thank you for everybody that you brought to your house today. To hear the word that was teached to us. Please let us keep it with us and bring us back safely for Thursday evening service. And just let us be receptive to the things that you're trying to do to work our lives together. You're good.